Hi, welcome to the A Quilting Life podcast. We are, well, first of all, I'm Sherry McConnell from A Quilting Life. And I'm Chelsea Stratton from Chelsea Stratton Designs. And this episode is airing on uh, August 30th, 2021. This is episode 36. (laughs) And this is our fifth Monday episode, so we always... uh, We've always thrown in that that extra episode on yes. fifth Mondays, and we've decided we mentioned this last time that we would do listener questions on yeah. our fifth Mondays. We love an extra podcast, yes. guys. <laughs> <laughs> so this is good. We have some tips from our listeners and some great questions, yeah. and uh, it's so kind of fun to go back to listener questions too, though. Like, yes, you know, yeah. So keep sending those in. In in November, we'll have another fifth episode okay so just a couple months away okay cool yeah and if you listened last week we had a great interview with Kristen Esser we really appreciate uh, her for being on the podcast that was a lot of fun and we are going to have another guest next in two weeks right Mm -hmm. next episode yeah Yeah. we're actually taping that interview today so yeah we're so excited tell her or maybe we'll put out a um some hints on social media before who it is yeah as it leads up to that okay (laughs) but you guys will love it yes she's so creative she's super awesome somebody from moda so we'll we'll give you that hint today mom you're giving too much okay (laughs) okay so quilt on the wall is nine patch square dance and i'm super excited i know i've showed this before it was in american patchwork and quilting magazine but uh i have the individual standalone patterns ready now in my shop in paper and in pdf so, so if you, fun uh I, I love this quilt it's a charm pack and two honey buns so it really saves a ton of time on cutting and uh you know some people just don't have access to the magazine and i always feel bad because you have they have there has to be a certain time period that you wait before you can yeah release that pattern so but um that time is now so it's in the shop and then just on the table, I have my Mahalo quilt in our Desert Bloom fabrics. And I've actually been thinking about doing a scrap quilt soon, uh, a new pattern and using our fabrics. And so I kind of wanted to see how these two played together. And that's that's really the, the reason this quilt ended up on the table. So Yeah, that's just so to- funny because that's the first thing I noticed. I was like, oh, so funny she would put a desert bloom quilt on the table and a happy days quilt on the wall because when uh, I was, you know, when I started to design the initial drawings for happy days, Uh that pat, I know we talked about that. We're like, let's go back to that palette, but make it a little bit brighter and a little bit fresher. Right. And that's kind of how happy days came about. And so, yeah, it's really cool to kind of see, you know, some colors will were omitted from the line, you know, right. But, uh, but a lot of them are still a lot of them are still the same. And so it was really cool for us to kind of go back and, and say, let's kind of do the same thing, but make it a little bit different. And yeah, so I love that you put these two together. Oh, really cool. Thanks. Yeah. Really cool. I don't think I had done that before either. And I just wanted yeah. to. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So we, as I meant, as we mentioned, we have listener questions, but the first one, two, three are actually, we have just some 
commentary that was really good from some previous things that we discussed. Yeah. Some taking uh, it back. Yes. So uh, some people wrote in, and so with some of their thoughts and information, and so I just thought we could read those first and then do the questions. Does that yeah. sound okay? Yeah, I like that. Okay. So do you want to start or do you want me to start? <laughs> well, let's have you start because the one says, hi, Sherry. Okay. <laughs> okay. So she said, hi, Sherry. I have recently found your Quilting Life podcast and have quite enjoyed listening to you and Chelsea chat about your quilts, fabrics, and families. I have been listening to the archive podcasts and heard where your listeners asked where to donate fabric. I have a suggestion that maybe you could pass on to your wide network of listeners, local schools. I am a high school English teacher in Missouri, and just today at our back-to-school meetings, the Family and Consumer Sciences, formerly Home Ec teacher, mentioned most of the fabric our students get to choose from is donated. Our school has a high percentage of low-income students, so that does make sense, but it had not occurred to me before. If the topic arises again, or if you get more quilters asking about where to send donations when they sort their stash, could you mention the possibility of a local school? I know our students and others like them and would love a variety of fabrics to make the pot holders, aprons, tissue covers, and placemats that they learn to sew in class. Uh, great idea. I Yeah, so. Uh, I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I never even thought of that, you right. know, like, yeah. yeah, why not donate to schools? They right. would really need it. Right. You know, and yeah. I would encourage, yeah, I think it'd, it'd be idea. great to encourage students, you know. Yeah. I would just check, you know, if you. Check have, with the school and make sure they have a home ec a or program. whatever yes. type of department that would, would use that. And right. Then, yeah. But totally. I know they're they're yeah. out there, maybe right. not in every single school, but yeah. Right. Yeah. And then she finishes by saying, thanks so much to you, Chelsea and Billy, for creating such a delightful podcast Aww. and sharing a little of your quilting life and experience with us. You are an inspiration. So we really appreciate Thank that. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was good. We had discussed that topic before and we had I don't think we had brought up the option of schools yeah we didn't at all I really really love that idea yeah okay so uh the next one is thank you for being such a wonderful resource for all things quilting I especially appreciate your concise easy to follow how-to videos on YouTube they are a tremendous resource and I refer to them often uh I'm not sure if you've addressed this issue before, but I was wondering if you could discuss the importance of taking the grain of fabric into consideration when cutting out fabric and assembling blocks. How important is this, especially when using scraps? Would also love to hear more about hand sewing wool projects as we head towards the cooler months. (laughs) Hint, Lisa Bonjean, (laughs) which is immediately who I thought of when I started reading that sentence. Yeah. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. And that one is from Amy in Ohio. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Literally Uh, popped up in my brain. Okay. Bring up Lisa Bonjean because she's like, you know, the master of wool projects. Yes. Yeah. But anyways, going back to. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So she actually has two questions here then. So the first one, when I cut my scraps, I really do try to cut them on the straight of grain. Yeah. uh, Just like I would cut out projects for a quilt with the selvages at the top and the fold on the bottom. Yeah. If I, if I know, sometimes you don't know when you have scraps, which direction. That's what I was just going to say. I don't even think about it when (laughs) I'm cutting my scraps. I'm just like, sweet, a scrap. Like, right. 
Let's cut this thing up to the right size. Like, Yeah. So sometimes I would feel like the majority of my scraps I cut up on the straight up grain. Sometimes it's probably the lengthwise cut just because I don't know if it's a non-directional print. Yeah. Uh, that being said, I hardly ever cut scraps on the bias. Yeah. Because. Yeah, never. Um, I just I just don't. And that's probably a, a good thing to watch out for because you will have more stretch on those sides if you turn them diagonally so unless you're fussy cutting and you really want to get a certain orientation i would try to keep it to the straight of grain or the lengthwise grain okay so i think that kind of answers our question like how important is this like (laughs) yeah i think it is I, I don't think it matters as much for the straight of grain and yeah. the lengthwise grain, but I think you do want to try to be sure that you're not cutting everything on the bias because yeah. it'll get all out of shape. Yeah, totally. So, uh, and then hand sewing wool projects, uh, that one I really just, I have to say, I got some little mini private lessons from Lisa when I was in Wisconsin. This was back in 2013, a a long time ago. (laughs) And I feel like I need a refresher from her. Yeah. Uh, So I would just like really turn you to her. She has been putting some things on YouTube. Oh, good. uh, And she has a book. We can link this book of hers, but it has all the stitches in it. It's like an encyclopedia and it has really great photographs of her stitching that stitch and tips. And uh, so, yeah, we will link that book. That that is a great resource that that Lisa did. Yeah, I was going to mention too. I mean, like, yeah, we definitely have to refer to her. That's not something like, like I'm not working with hand sewing wool projects like mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. But uh, what I will say is at Quilt Market, uh, I've always been so intrigued by Lisa because uh, there was one time Moda was doing demonstrations and she did like a demonstration thing uh-huh. and she was like working with wool. And But when you like go to her booth and talk to her, she's just sitting there like sewing projects, just like working and just like talking to you at the same time. And it's just like so cool to see her work. Yeah. Uh, and she has so many tiny little pieces that are all these little, and she knows exactly where they go. And yeah, so I mean, I would refer to her. Lisa's like a treat to be around because she's just so talented. And yeah. so, yeah. No, and that made me think of too, in the conversation with Kristen last week, uh, you know, she mentioned hand stitching and how portable it is. And that yes. is the, the good thing about wool, too. You can take it with you anywhere. Anywhere. So, and you don't have to worry about those edges fraying so much. So, yeah. I, I do have a stash of wool and some projects. And get them out, Mom. Maybe this winter I'm going to have to get those Let's get out. Lisa on the phone. <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness. Okay. I will read the next one. It says, Dear Sherry and Chelsea, I have just started to catch up with the podcasts after being away from them for a while. Firstly, I want to let you know how much I enjoy them. I am writing to provide you with my opinion in regards to threads, in particular around the episode where your long armor, I believe, provided you a thinner thread for piecing. Sherry, at that time you said the verdict was out. As a longtime quilter who both pieces her quilts and also does all of the ruler and free motion quilting on those quilts on a domestic machine... 
The use of thinner thread for accuracy, ease of quilting, and overall look was game-changing for me. If you simply uh, compare a good-sized stack of half-score triangles done with thinner, I often use as small as 80 weight, with the traditional threads you utilize, you will notice how much thicker your stacks are. For me, being able to glide over seams while I free motion or ruler quilt is crucial. Kind regards, Cheryl. So that was really good to hear too. Yeah. So, um, I, I do. I had a big stash of my traditional thread that I have been using, but Marion, uh, who does a lot of our quilting, she just gave me a bag full of that other thread. And I think she gave yeah, you she some gave too. Yeah, she gave me some too, yes. Yeah, so we both have the supplies now to, yeah. to really try that out. And it, this was really great to hear this from the perspective of a, of a quilter yeah. who's quilting on her domestic machine too as yeah. to the difference. I appreciated her, uh, yeah, her thoughts on yeah. it and everything. So thank you for... Thank you, Cheryl. Yes. <laughs> okay, so... Hi, A Quilting Life. Love your patterns and fabrics. In a future podcast, I want to submit the below questions. So here we are today, guys. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so uh, as you are picking out the fabrics and colors to match a pattern, does this process take you a long time of second guessing the choices or does it now become easier with practice for you? I was wanting to know if it becomes easier with time or with practice. And this is from Sherry Kimmy. Thank you so much. And I have to say both for me, like I would say time and practice. Uh, When I really got into quilting, it was totally trial and error for me. And uh, I made a lot of quilts the first year that I started quilting and they were not perfect. (sighs) And sometimes the fabric choices, uh, (sighs) I would change a few things. Uh, So yeah, I would say time and practice. Uh, are both important in that. I completely agree. I feel like as a new quilter, you really struggle. You worry about that so yeah. much. And you probably should, you know, give yourself some grace and and just keep plodding through it because I, I don't think there's a quilter out there who won't tell you that there isn't something that they haven't put together that they didn't like. Yeah. You know, even now, even now, uh, there's yeah. sometimes I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I, in fact, uh, I was putting fabrics together for just a block the other day, and I ended up switching it out. Uh, that and that's one thing too. Maybe lay things out before you sew them together, and if if you don't like it before it's sewn together, you're not gonna probably like it when it is sewn yeah. together. So change it out then while there is still time while there is still hope <laughs> yeah, while there, yeah I don't mean to make it sound so desperate but yeah and also I think I've given this advice before but really small projects with a group of fabrics that you want to do that making a small project is a good way to experiment with the, the color selections that you've done even if you make a nine patch block yeah make a mini or something or a coaster or something yeah. just to get those fabrics together and see if you really do like it. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great idea. Test blocks, any of that right? Uh, type of stuff. But yeah, I mean, and just the other day I was like, I want to remake, you know, this quilt or whatever. And I immediately knew like what I wanted to make it with, but that like before I probably would have like sat forever and like been like, okay, what does my fabric pull today? Right. Um, 
but yeah, yeah. definitely gets easier with time and with practice. Yeah. So, okay, we have a couple questions. One actually, one came in for Chelsea, and one came in for me, kind of yeah, about I love our backgrounds, these uh, educationally and yeah, artistically. So, yeah. you want to take go first? <laughs> I will, and I really am excited about these questions because I feel like before we were having like you know like the end of the podcast fun questions that we were having. Yeah. Uh, so these, I mean, are kind of like go along with that, but yeah. still stick to you know, what we talk about. Uh, Chelsea, did you attend art school or design school post high school? Uh, great question. No, I did not. Uh, I think I always wanted to, I'm just gonna like share, uh, give a little summary of, uh, my story again, because, uh, I think I would have loved to have gone to an art school or a design school. I know mom knows, like, I always wanted like different, like art kits or whatever for Christmas and, birthdays and stuff. And I was always drawing, uh, but no, I didn't go into an art school. Uh, I took some classes online. Lisa Alexander, uh, told my mom about some of these. I can't even remember. I'm going to have to look up, uh, what it was. And it, it was, was like a one word name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I got on and I spent so many hours uh, going through these classes and it was mainly to learn the Adobe Illustrator program. Uh, it was really informative and I felt like I really learned a lot, but I have to say this, I had a conversation with Kate Spain at my very first quilt market. And I think she kind of knew we had submitted a fabric line. I, yeah, I remember that yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah. And she said, you know, I just want to give you some advice. And she said, I am still learning things on Illustrator. And she says, the best thing you can do is just play around on the program, put an image in there, start messing around with it. And, uh, that's kind of what I did. I would stay up really late at night, like after my kids would go to sleep and I would just like mess around with the program. Uh, but something uh, that I appreciate is I always loved to draw. And so learning that I could sketch and draw how like I always did and then be able to find out that I can just move those images into this program. And that was really helpful for me uh, to just, you know, do that. But so, yeah, I didn't go to art school, but I did spend a lot of time learning the program and, uh, looking up just, you know, different things and tips and tricks. And I've learned a lot over the past, uh, several years. And I'm really, really grateful for that, that Lisa had recommended. And I'm going to find out and I'm going to bring it up in a future podcast because right now I cannot <sighs> think of it. But no, I didn't go to art school. I think art school would be amazing. Uh, so yeah, yeah, don't you think it that would just be wasn't my journey. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. <laughs> don't you think it would be amazing to go now with the knowledge that you have? Totally. And do something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, because you're always going to learn something right. new. You'll, you, and I tell my kids this, like you, and I think you feel this way too. There's never a wrong time to continue your education, to keep learning new things, to keep building your skills, to keep getting better. Uh, 
there's always new things to learn. So yeah, I think it would be amazing if I could go to an art school or do, you know, something, even an online program, just take like a class, like, you know, learn different things. So yeah, I yeah, there and there are so many things available now. Yeah, that weren't available even just a few years ago. And yeah, I think it's online. Yeah, I think it's just going to keep increasing. Yeah, which is really cool. So yeah. Yeah, that was that was fun to get that question, and then I uh, love this, this next is, question. Yeah. So funny, so so good. The same thing for me. Uh, she asked Sherry in college, "Did you study design or art?" You have said you were a math teacher, uh, so you were in the education program. But did you take art or design as electives? And I thought I know exactly which podcast this came from because <laughs> we shared the story about Billy's math class, and I was actually. Yeah substitute teaching in that math class, but I wasn't a math teacher. But let me, I'll kind of back up. So in high school, I wanted to be a fashion designer because all I sewed were clothes. And it's so funny because now Chelsea's oldest daughter really is into, she thinks she wants to be a fashion designer too. 100%. Yeah. So, but my parents were very, uh, um, very set on the fact that I should get a traditional, do a traditional college program. So uh, when I took my ACT, I actually did, and and the SATs, everything that I took, um, I actually did much better in math than I did in English. And so my high school guidance counselor, you know, suggested that I major in a math or science. And uh, I just, I didn't love it. You know, yeah. I, it came pretty easily to me, but I, it wasn't my passion. Do I, we love math, guys? <laughs> so, no. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like Sean, he got that. Yeah, he is really good at math. He loves the statistical and the, I mean, he's an econ person. Yeah. So, uh, so it did end up in the family, but I, uh, so I decided to major in English because I loved literature and uh, partway through, I think I, well, I know, I think I started out as a double major. I was going to double major in math and English and teach high school. But then as it got closer to the end, I decided to just focus on English and go the college teaching route and go to grad school, uh, for English. Uh, but something in my very last semester of my bachelor's degree, I was kind of like catching, I had like 17 and a half credits that semester because I just wanted to be done. And I had this art history class that was just a general requirement I had never taken. And I had this fabulous teacher and that was my favorite class. Uh, Maybe one of my favorite classes in all of college was that art history class. And I remember thinking, oh, I really should have taken this earlier. I wonder if it would have changed yeah. anything. But uh, so I've just, yeah. Um, but uh, I didn't, I, I did teach uh, both at UNLV and at College of Southern Nevada for over 10 years uh, before I quit. Oh my and goodness, uh, that's so long. And I substituted in there for a while. But yeah, that's my background. I, I didn't ever, other than that art history class, that's that's my only <laughs> formal 
reach into. Uh, but wow. We'll take it, mom. <laughs> if I were to go back, I would definitely take a lot more art yeah. classes. I just love it. I, I We were able to go to the... Uh, at the Getty Villa Museum a few weeks ago in Southern California. And while it wasn't art in the traditional form of paintings, it was mostly it, it was mostly antiquities from ancient Greek and Roman yeah. um, times and statues and pottery and uh, jewelry. It was just oh, it was just wonderful to be back in a museum and yeah. and be inspired by by that type of thing. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's a little background there. <laughs> I do have to say just a couple fun things. Okay. About. So when I was younger, uh, I, I don't know if you remember this. I would always ask you to draw me something and you always drew the <laughs> same thing. Guys, she would draw this dog and it was a really good dog and I would then color it. And but she did that for me all the time. So guys, like she's got her dog that she Do you know where that dog came from? Where? When I was little, my mom bought me a book of how to do these simple <gasps> drawings. And that dog was one of the drawings in that book. And it showed you, you know, step by step, yes. like this line and then you add this curve and then Oh and my goodness. I feel like the dog was the only thing I mastered in the whole book. Oh my goodness. Yes. You guys. I remember that dog too. Oh, yeah, I do. See? Oh you guys, I have backup. But she oh. would. She would draw this dog yes. for me all the time. This is the greatest ever. So, so you guys, I mean mom and her dog. Yeah. You guys were gonna have her draw the dog and put it on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh. But, but yeah. also another thing, like my mom did like you would substitute uh, school while we were all growing up. And I thought that was really cool. So I'm just going to add that because I thought oh. it was really cool that like, you know, like I always thought it's so cool. My mom's going to be the sub today. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. She gets to take me home from right. school. Like I don't have to ride the bus. But yeah, so really cool. I, I've always admired that you were in education. Uh that's not something I went into. I thought about it, but uh -huh. yeah, super cool. You would always substitute my classes and that was yeah. always fun for me. I feel like I got to sub for you more than any of the other yeah. kids. I, I think I had Billy a few times in, at the high school maybe, but I know I had you quite a bit a at the lot. elementary school, yeah, fourth, I mean, fifth grade, your teachers. I kind of knew those two teachers and so they would call me yeah. whenever they were going to be out and schedule me in advance for your, your class. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. and by the time like myself and my younger brother were in school, like that's when you could that's substitute could, more. Right. Because you had your youngest two back in school. Right. So yeah, I think that's kind of why. But yeah, you and you guys, mom was like also like totally the room mom all the time. She'd always <laughs> like sign up to like do the parties and stuff. Oh, yeah. She was great. Those were the days. Those yeah, very involved. Were, yeah, in she was. Educations. See, Billy, so. <laughs> Billy knows. So. Oh, goodness. Okay, this last question is kind of a fun one, and yeah, it doesn't fun. relate to food, but it's still fun. <laughs> uh, what careers do your husbands have? And I thought that was really um, a good question. Yeah. yeah, I really love this question because uh, so much of uh, behind the scenes help that everyone doesn't see is our husbands and they do so much and are great supporters and it's just really awesome to see so 
yeah, they totally have their own careers. <laughs> well, I'll let mom explain my dad's. He's retired, but okay. uh, my husband works for a local water district, uh, which is really nice because he's like five minutes from home. And he works in uh, the mapping department, which is kind of cool that he's in that now because he now is doing like, he's like designing almost. Mm -hmm. He makes maps. And so it's really, really interesting. And uh, he actually just got done with some continued schooling. And I found it actually really interesting because part of his program was in Adobe Illustrator, which I work with. And he had to do a lot of design aspects. And I would like be there like, peeking over his shoulder and being like, oh, well, you know, I know what that tool does, but right. you know, this, these instructions for your lab are talking about this tool. That's super interesting to me. So I was always like trying to pick things up and a lot of it I knew, but it was still really cool. So yeah, it's just nice to have him close and I'm really grateful for the job that he has. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I just thought that was so interesting, too, as you've been talking to me while he's been doing these classes. Yes, uh, it's been a long year, you guys. That, <laughs> and he's finally done. He's so done. You guys, he passed everything. <laughs> We're really so, happy. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, so my husband actually has kind of, uh, a, he had a few careers, actually. Yeah, he did. Uh, his His grandmother had a furniture store for uh decades um, yeah so it opened in the 1940s and i remember when they had their 50th anniversary uh so she worked up until she was like i want to say really late 80s yeah she worked a long time and bill's dad worked in that business with her and so, of course, all of the children at one time or another worked in some capacity for their grandmother and yeah. dad. So my husband knows a lot about f quality furniture and moving furniture <laughs> <laughs> uh, just from growing up in that business. But uh, he worked for Clark County, Nevada for many years uh, in different jobs and then became a firefighter for 25 years. So, yeah. Yeah. In fact, a uh, fun story uh, Chelsea. Oh, no. <laughs> he started rookie school. She was born on, Chelsea was born on a Friday and he started yeah. rookie school on Monday. So, uh, oh, was that yeah. so difficult? So, uh, I, <laughs> I hardly saw him when you were uh, the first three months of your life because oh. that's when that rookie Fantastic. school was going on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I should say, yeah, he probably hardly saw you those first yeah. three months. But um, yeah, so it's it was a wonderful career, and uh, and it's great that he's retired and yeah. can help with our businesses. And yeah, he does a lot of babysitting too. He does yeah, a so. lot of babysitting yeah. as we speak. He is watching my youngest, right. who is not in school yet. Right. Uh, so he is awesome and has yeah. always been serving his family and yeah. uh, supporting us. So. There's a lot of uh, post office runs, too. <laughs> post I notice yes. when I'm out here. Yes. He does. He's, he's the like post the office runner. guy. Yeah. He, yeah. He's the runner. I know. At first, he wanted me to give him the title of uh, shipping and receiving and 
I'm like, well, you're really just a runner, you know? So I don't know if he really liked that. But he's he's always threatening to quit. And the ladies at the post office are always offering to hire him. So, oh yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah. During the it's holidays, so they're funny. like, we just want to hire you. Like, Got to give him a raise. Yeah. So, anyway. Oh, that is so funny. We're grateful for dad. Yeah. <laughs> So, Billy, do you have any reviews um, or? Well, I did want to mention uh, that, that I know this isn't the pre the episode that we talked about brick and mortar quilt shops. Oh yeah. So there's been an episode in between when we, when we recorded with Kristen and everything. Right. Uh, but I don't know how much you guys looked at the YouTube comments or if you did it all from that time. But it's overwhelmingly people say they would come and and visit the quilt shop if you guys oh you that guys makes me so happy shop, so that's great that's so sweet of everyone i need to go in and read those those comments yeah <laughs> yeah and then another person made a comment um you know there this uh person said that your mom and sister should definitely uh most definitely consider a retreat center or holding retreats i've definitely come and others would find the proximity to las vegas uh an amazing bonus so, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know if that's if that's something you guys have thought of doing without even opening a quilt shop is still holding a retreat. But um, I thought that was maybe an interesting comment. That that is a great comment too. Retreats are wonderful, yeah. and I really don't know anyone in this part of the country that has a retreat center. Yeah. You know, there are some north of us in Salt Lake City and. I hear of a lot of retreats being held at hotel venues in Southern California or along the coast, but yeah. I know we would love to do that. Yeah. You know, yeah, that maybe so fun if we had a retreat space. Yeah. Or even just, um, you know, renting someplace and trying it out as things in the world get to a better place. Yeah. That would be awesome. I love that. To add that to our list. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, a lot of people. We're dreaming big, guys. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of people said they would, they'd come visit, and uh, you know, I mean, like like we mentioned in that episode, being so close to Vegas, that's a big tourist destination. So people make their way there, and if if they can afford a few hours, they could definitely come out here and check it out. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely um, an easy place to travel to. Fares are usually cheaper to get to las vegas yes. i feel like so mm-hmm. yeah yeah so just awesome. thought i would throw that in there yeah. just to let you guys know that, that Billy's like they hinted. did <laughs> they did respond to uh you, you positively know, the, yeah the, to the call or to the question of would you come visit yeah if, you, if we built one or if you guys built one yeah well that is great well i think that will wrap up this episode uh as we mentioned we will be back in two weeks on september 13th with mm-hmm. another guest yay and we think you're just really going to enjoy hearing her story yeah so for sure we're actually getting ready to call her yeah soon. So, <laughs> so uh i think uh we just appreciate you being here and for watching and listening and thanks so much for stopping by yeah.